So we're going to finish off our series today called Live Free. And in this series, we've been walking through what it means to live life a little bit more free. And I'll be honest with where we were in our journey a couple, I guess, about two years ago, two or three years ago, November, December-ish of 2019, Rob approached me one Sunday, or actually it wasn't a Sunday, it was probably a Monday or Tuesday, and said, hey, uh, I'm going to plant a church in South Lexington, and I'd love uh, to share my vision with you, tell you what it's going to be like, and I'd love for you to be a part of it. And so he drove me around South Lexington, showing me all the, all the things that South Lexington had to offer and about the, the place that he grew up in and what great opportunities there were for a church. And when he asked me to be part of it, going to be honest, I was a little bit scared, a little bit worried. Uh, you know, we were in a good financial situation. Kayla and I were both working at the church in Jessamine County, and things were going well. But if I'm being honest, you know, church planning, I had been told, was kind of a, a risk. Not kind of, it was a huge risk, because I know lots of church planners who failed. I know church planners who invested all their money and time into a church plant. It didn't go well, and then they had nothing. I know Lots of ministers who went into debt because of church planning. And so my first thought uh, when Kayla and I were talking about it was, how could we even pull this off? We're going to lose one job to just be a part of one that may not work out. That's a super, super high risk. The world will tell you that's kind of dumb. But that's the problem. Most of the time when it comes to living free and as we're trying to follow God, the world tells us one thing while God tells us the complete opposite. He tells us how we're supposed to live, and yet we let the world constantly influence the way we live and the way we think. We look at decisions through the world's perspective, which doesn't make any sense. Because when it comes to the world, most of the time the world's way of doing things is very, very stressful. It leads to a lot of anxiety. It leads to a lot of depression. I mean, think about this. Uh, maybe some of you who are starting in on a career now or are about to graduate college or are just out of college, whatever it might be, here's kind of the way the world tells you that you're supposed to live your life and get started in your career. And maybe adults who have been in their careers for a while, maybe you experience this as well. But once you graduate college and your career field is all in front of you and you're ready to find a job, you find that there's probably nothing out there for you. And so as you're trying to find a way into the career field that you've you know, spent your last four, five, six, seven, eight years preparing for, you then try to figure out a way to get in, but in order to do that, you've got to work like six or seven side hustles in order to make enough money just to, you know, live and buy food. And as you're living and buying food and working all these different jobs like Uber and DoorDash and whatever else you can find, you slowly get opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, and hopefully one of those opportunities will lead to a job in your career field. But most likely that job in your career field isn't the job you want for a really long time because it's kind of stressful and even more anxiety is building upon you and it's not a great company, but hey, it's in the career you wanted. And then after that, finally, hopefully you can get the job that you'd have always hoped for. That just sounds stressful walking through that. Like my anxiety, my, I'd like to check my heart rate right now and figure out what it's at just talking about that. I mean, that, the world's way of doing things is very stressful because their idea of success and God's idea are two different things. But it's something that we all seem to strive to chase. And what's weird is when we feel God pushing us in a direction, we like to throw the world's logic on what God wants us to do. 
And I've told you all the story before that when I was in high school, I felt like I was supposed to go into ministry, and so I went to KCU, Johnson, all that stuff, because that's where I was supposed to go. But there was about a year in there where I personally didn't think it made sense to go into ministry, and I tried to run from it. However, when I started to do things God's way, the stress and anxiety started to change in my life. And I think that's what Jesus gets at in this story that we're going to pick up in today. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, where we've been dwelling for the past three weeks. And we're going to finish off Jesus' teaching that we've titled Live Free, because we all want to live a life that just feels a little bit more free. And so if you want to throw the QR code back up on the screen for a second, you'll be able to follow along in the sermon notes through that. You can read along on your phone through the Bible app, or you can read along on the screen as we'll be going through it. But Jesus is in front of a crowd of people, and he's trying to instruct them on how to live a life that gives them a little bit more freedom in the way they live. So, verse 25 of chapter 6 says this, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body. What you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. So the key point of today that you can just read straight away from that passage of Scripture is, do not be anxious about your life. Good, aren't we glad we got that out? We got to figure, everybody good? Y'all, call the band back up, start the next song, we good? It's not that simple, right? I've been a Christian for as long as I can remember. I got baptized at a young age. You know, I, I know the Bible fairly well. But yet, I read that passage of Scripture and it says, do not be anxious about your life. But yet, I'm still anxious. I still have stress. I still worry about putting food on the table and a roof over my family's head. We know what the Bible says. And if you've been growing up in church or you've been to church for a while, you, you've heard stuff like this where you're told, don't be anxious, don't stress, don't worry. But it's not that simple, right? There has to be a little bit more with what we're trying to achieve here than just, okay, don't be stressed, don't be anxious, I'm just going to tell myself that all day long. There has to be more to the story than that, and that's why, obviously, Jesus doesn't end his sermon there. He keeps teaching, and so he walks through a few steps on how we as Christians can be a little bit, more, a little bit less anxious, and he uses it through some stories, right? He wants to convince people, like, there's a way you can live that is not anxious, so here's the first thing that he says. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet the Heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? You see, back in the very beginning, when God first created the world, we learned this basic truth that Jesus is reiterating right here. If you were to turn your Bible back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 31, you would see that God created man, and it was very good which was different than all the other days of creation. You see, in days one through five, God would make something, and then he would say, oh, that's good. He'd make something else the next day. Oh, that's good. But then he adds humanity in, which is made in his image, and he says, oh, that's very good. And so we see that from that day where God created everything up until now, God's provided for his creation pretty stinking well. You've got all the birds that continue to eat the worms. You've got all the animals in the woods that get to eat whatever it is that uh, is normal in their nature for them to eat. You've got the fish in the sea that get to eat whatever God designed them to eat because that's the way it was meant to be. God designed creation to also be able to sustain itself. Amazing. But if he believes that we, as humans, 
are very good, then wouldn't that mean he would also take care of us? That's what he's trying to say. You are even more valuable than everything that nature has to offer. And so if God provides for that, won't he provide for you? And then he, he makes a little sidebar here for us after telling us that God takes care of his creation. In verse 27, here's what he says. And which of you, being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? My anxious people, is that not true? I've spent time in my life being anxious and stressed. I've lost sleep over different situations going on in my life. And yet, the next morning, all of that stress, all that anxiety, all that lack of sleep leads to nothing. You can be as stressed and as anxious as you want about any given topic. It can be whatever's going on in your life. It can be finances. It can be your job. Who who knows? Whatever's going on in your life can lead to stress and anxiety. But no matter how much you stress, get you nowhere. Worry and anxiety get us absolutely nowhere. So, Jesus then breaks into the next section. Matthew chapter 6, verses 28 through 30. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? And so, again, while God has provided the needs of food, he's also providing in their next necessity, which is clothing. For us nowadays, like, we have plenty of clothing to choose from. It's actually a law that you can't walk out of your house without it, right? You can't, none of you would come to church without your clothes. Thank you. Like, that's a good thing. We, we all agree that clothing is good and is necessary. But for people back in this day, it was, that was actually something they had to think about because, you know, you couldn't run out to Macy's. You couldn't run out to Walmart and just get a T-shirt and some jeans, They had to make it, or they had somebody who made it for them. So your food was something you had to worry about. What you were going to wear was something you had to worry about. And if that something you were wearing tore or was damaged or dirty, it could be tossed away. But then you had nothing to replace it. And so God is looking at these people and saying, look at the amazing beauty that is nature. You all probably opened up a computer at some point in your life that saw the static background that was on it, it was probably some kind of nature, because nature is beautiful. There's people whose only job is to photograph nature. And as beautiful as nature is, God is saying, I will take care of you just as I have taken care of it. In fact, he says, basically in this passage, passage that God has made you beautiful. And I think what Jesus delivers here in, the, in this three segments of his sermon It's something that should be a little bit calming, right? Because if you recognize, if you're an anxious or stressed out person, if God's taking care of nature, then surely he will take care of me. So my stressed and anxious people, are we there yet? Are we ready to walk out the door? Probably not, because if you're stressed and anxious, it still isn't that simple. Because I've been through there in in the times of my life where I thought that if I just you know, try harder, think harder, pray harder, that ultimately I'm going to get to the point where I don't have to worry about stress or anxiety. Or even better, if God has been faithful once, you would think I've learned my lesson and that he will be faithful again. 
And we saw this again in mine and Kayla's life. I, I tried to do things God's way in college, and then after college, yet again, as graduation loomed, I found myself stressed yet again about what life was going to entail. Because as graduation loomed, I did not have a job. And I was getting married very, very quickly. In fact, the way mine and Kayla's uh, marriage worked was I graduated weekend one, we got married weekend two, and then we went on our honeymoon, and at that point we had no plans after that. Which, if you are worried about putting food on the table and a roof over your head, that tension just looms. Especially from your father-in-law, right? Worried that you're going to take care of his daughter. However... Because I, I followed through and I continued to move the way God wanted me to move, instantly things started to change. We were able to find ways to pay the bills. I got a, a part-time job until ultimately I found a ministry job. And that's where Jesus is leading in this story. And it's something that I learned in my life as well. Here's what he says in the very next verse. This passage is the key to understanding all anxiety and stress. He says, therefore... Do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, what shall we wear? Again, pretty much the only things they had to worry about at the time. For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Here's the key. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. You catch what he says there in the very beginning of verse 33. He said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. That's the key. And I didn't notice it as I was moving along throughout my life, but it's true that in every situation when I was stressed or anxious about the future, God was just telling me, if you just walk the way I've called you to walk and do what I've called you to do, you don't have to be stressed. You don't have to be anxious. And so the key point that I originally had for you, don't be anxious about your life, while that's simple, I think it's better off to put it like this. The true key point of today, follow God and you'll be anxious for nothing. And it's true. Because when I was stressed and anxious my freshman year of college, it was because I was doing what I wanted to do and not what God called me to do. But the second I realized I needed to stay on track and be uh, toward, headed towards a ministry career, suddenly the stress and anxiety melted away. I noticed that after I graduated college, I knew that God was going to provide for me and my family and that I was supposed to be working in a church. Kayla and I had, what, like seven arguments over uh, whether we were going to stay at Johnson so that I could play basketball for another year or not. When we knew good and well, and she had to remind me all seven times that God was calling me to ministry and that there were churches that wanted my skill set and that God wanted me to, to move back here to central Kentucky and find a job, and that's what happened. When I started walking the way God wanted me to, suddenly, he provided. Same thing with the church plant. I then realized that if I walked the way God called me to walk, God would provide. When I do what God calls me to do, suddenly I need to be anxious for nothing. Isn't it amazing how that works? And even though Rob told me I had to tell him by June, and I later, I think, told him in August, which was my timeline, we see now that it has worked. Don't shake your head at me. That's the truth. When we follow God and do what he's called us to do, he takes care of us. 
But the way my, my college coach put it was very, very different. He interpreted this verse very different in football. He had this term, and I've hated this term for the last, like, 12 years. It gets on my nerves. How many of you have ever heard the term by show of hands, fake it till you make it? I think there are people in church that actually believe that that's what we are supposed to do as Christians. That if you follow God and, you're, and you want to be uh, the Christian you aspire to be, then if you fake it, at one point you'll finally make it. And I just think that's stupid. I thought it was stupid playing football. What do you mean fake it till you make it? If I just fake running the plays, I'm never going to actually be able to run them correctly. His thought process was if you just go full speed all the time, eventually you'll know what to do and your body's just going to react to it. Didn't work out for a lot of his players, and he actually is coaching another team right now that's 2-9. and nine. So I'm wondering if it's still working for him. Fake it till you make it makes absolutely no sense. Instead, I think we gotta, we got to go like old school preacher on this one. I think instead of fake it till you make it, you do it and he will prove it, right? That works so much better. Thank you for laughing and giggling. That's, that's something an old-time preacher would say. Do it, and he will prove it, and it's true. If you just continue to walk and take steps of faith, ultimately, God is going to be there step for step all the way through it. And we see this, I've seen this again in my life, and we see it in the Bible as well. We see character after character, person after person, who walks the way they're called to, and ultimately, God comes through with what he's uh, promised to the, those persons. Peter, one of my favorite people in the New Testament, I like to call him like the big screw-up. Because if you read through the Gospels, Peter, on a regular basis, screws up. You might say he's faking it till he makes it. I think he does it until God actually proves it. But look at, look at his track record. Peter sees Jesus walking on water, and does what no other human being would think to do, which is try to walk out to him. And what does he do? He sinks after taking a couple steps on water because he lost track of Jesus. He failed. In a second story, we find Peter, along with two of the other disciples, on a mountainside as Jesus transfigures himself into his heavenly form. Alongside him are Moses and Elijah. And Peter, while trying to do the right thing, offers to build kind of a, an idol for both Moses and Elijah, which, by the way, is sinful, even though Peter was trying to do the right thing. So yet again, he messes up. Peter then, at the Last Supper, says that he will never deny Jesus, and as many of us know, the very next day denies him three times. Peter, on a regular basis, screws up. However, he keeps walking step for step with what Jesus asks him to do and calls him to do and teaches him to do. And ultimately, Peter is one of the leaders of the church going forward. How true can that then be for our lives as well? It happens in the story of David. It happens in the story of Moses. We see Christian leaders, religious leaders throughout the course of history who are called to do something by God and walk step for step with him. And even though they stumble, God is still there walking with them step for step. And that's what Jesus is trying to tell us in this story. If you're an anxious person, if you're a stressed out person, if you're someone who loses sleep at night over the stressful times in life, Jesus is trying to tell you, if you will just do what I have called you to do, if you will step the way I've called you to step, I will be there with you and you need to be stressed and anxious for nothing. That's the way the world works. 
not the way the world tells us it works. It's the way the world works as God created it to be. That's what we're supposed to do as Christians. I'm going to ask the band to come back up as we close today. But I want us to think about this topic and how it pertains to our lives specifically. Because I'm sure whether you're stressed and anxious right now, there's probably a a point in your life where you have been or a point in your life where you will be stressed, where you will be anxious for what's about to happen. And as you approach that point in your life, I want you to remember this passage of Scripture. And not that, okay, I'm not supposed to be anxious about my life. I'm not supposed to be anxious about my life. That's not the point. The point is that we are called to be obedient to what God says. If you were to go back and look at the last words of Jesus before he left the earth, here's what he says. He says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them, and teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you, and then surely I am with you always to the end of the age. So our job as Christians is to go, make disciples, baptize them, and to teach obedience and know that Jesus is with us throughout the entire process. So if we are going to be Christians who live a life that is free, we've got to walk step for step with where we've called, been called to be and what we've been called to do. Because I'm a firm believer that all of you guys sitting here, all of the band that's backstage, all of the kids that are currently in the children's ministry, even the people who are outside the walls of this church, have been created with a specific purpose in mind for God's kingdom. Now what that is specifically, only you can know. Only you will find that out. But if you're going to walk the path that you're supposed to walk, if you want to live a life that is more free, that means you have to do what he says and follow his path for your life. Now, if you've gotten to this point and you've read through the scripture and you agree with it completely, and yet you still struggle with stress and anxiety, I venture to guess one thing, and this is the thought I'm going to close with today. If you're struggling with stress and anxiety, even still at this point, knowing what God has called you to, then it's most likely because there's still something in your life that you're not willing to give up control of. It could be a sin that you struggle with, where, let's be honest, you just kind of enjoy it, or you've fallen into the trap so many times that it's just a part of your nature. It could be your finances that you're not willing to give over to God just yet. You know you're supposed to tithe. You know you're supposed to be generous. You know you're supposed to give offerings because God's commanded you to do it. Yet that's a part of your life you're not ready to hand over to God. It could be that you're called into ministry or do some kind of ministry some point somewhere. And yet, that just seems like it's way, way, way too hard or way outside a right field. Something you're not capable of doing on your own. But that's the point. When you walk with God, he gives you the resources that you need to do it. Now, we've been in this church plant for more than a year. Kayla and I are a salary down, and we're doing just fine. Actually, if you were to trace our steps from that point until now, we still had some debt we wanted to pay off, and we were able to, through all of the things that happened through COVID, we were able to pay off more of our debts than we ever thought we could have, all because we stepped out on faith. We knew that God was going to provide and take care of us in some way, shape, or form. Uh, Lisa and Ian went through the same process where they stepped out on faith, knowing that they were going to remove a job and a paycheck in their life, and suddenly God provided in a way they didn't expect. I promise that if God is calling you to do something, 
Financially, you don't have to worry. You don't have to stress. You don't have to be anxious. Because he has said he's going to provide for you. Because are you not more valuable than even everything else he's created? If we believe that, then we have to know that if we follow him, we can be anxious for nothing. Let me pray for you guys. Lord, we, uh, we're thankful for so many things that you've done for us, so many ways that you've provided for each and every uh, person here, the ways you've blessed each and every one of us. But Lord, today I just ask that not only would we recognize those things, but we would figure out and seek your will for each and every one of our lives. Because if we're stressed, if we're anxious, Lord, most of the time that's because we want to do things our way. We see the path that we want to take and we want to strive for it. But Lord, I pray that we would humbly submit to you and your will, knowing that you will provide for every possible need that we can ever ask for. Lord, we love you for this. We love you that you're there to walk with us every single step of the way. And so it's in your son Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.